little tree in the front yard today, just bending over in the weight of the ice. There's only one in the front yard, but there's a, one over in the side yard that is touch. You know, it's like you, where you have to get down, touch your toes. Oh yeah. The the tree is touching its its roots. I was never good at touching. I'm still not good at touching my toes. I bet your girls can do that. They can like eat their toes if they want to. Hello everybody. This is Father Herb, and the guy across the table from me is some random guy you picked up off the street. Yes, Michael Puppas. Good to see you. Well, we I can see you. I can see you. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. It's good to be heard by everybody else out there. I'll tell you what, even though it was ice, so we, you know, as you guys know, we record this on Tuesday, even though it was icy today, it was stunningly beautiful outside. I have to tell you what happened. Of course, I was the first one in the parking lot here at St. John the 23rd. It's like, it's, he always has to one up. Be, because I told everybody else, stay home. <laughs> he takes one for the team. So I, I came here, I parked the car in the lot, got out, and I couldn't move without falling. You know, the ice, it was like a a skating rink. We don't need you to get hurt. I don't want to fall. So I got back in the car and I drive, drove up to the, the, the turnaround, you know, where people drop somebody off. Yeah. I got out of the car there. I walked around the car and there's a, a little incline to come up to the sidewalk. And I took one step up and slid back two steps, took one step up and slid back two. Sounds like a line dance from a wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> two hops this time. Okay. And so then I got back in the car again, and then I drove up right under the canopy. And I got out then and hung on to the car till I got out off the ice. By the way, don't get any ideas this weekend, people. You cannot park there for mass. No, no, no. <laughs> Speaking of parking, though. We had a wonderful parking lot blitz last night. The parking lot blitz, although when I told people in my little announcement how costly a parking lot is, yeah. people were aghast. It's a really, it's, I, I liken it to having to like put a new roof on your house. It's a really not fun way to spend a lot of money, but incredibly important. Well, I told them, you know, each parking space, each space for your car alone yeah. is between $2,500 and $3,000 even on the far side, maybe $3,500 per space. Just for uh, a space of asphalt. Well, except it's what's under the asphalt, all the sure. the, the groundwork that has to be done, all the, the water runoff, the electricity, because we have light poles, we sure. have we have it landscaped, there are trees, there's a, a kind of a, a, wet, a wet space you create before the water goes into the detention pond. It's, it's really a lot goes into it, but it's still pretty costly. Yeah. But thank you to everybody that helped plan and run. Oh, the it was a lot of fun. And, uh, it was a, yeah, it was a great night. Good food. What did you eat? I had the um, crab cakes. Oh, did they did, were they crabby? <laughs> no, I'm here all night. I got jokes for days. Oh, you might be here alone. <laughs> we are coming upon the sixth Sunday of Ordinary Time. We are, which is also known as. The sixth Sunday in ordinary time, February seventeenth. Oh, I was going to say this does not have a special name. No, but I will be in Guatemala celebrating Mass in Spanish. Yeah, well, you guys are leaving on Friday. We're leaving on a jet plane. I, I was so glad this morning was not Friday morning. Can you imagine oh, being at yeah. an airport? That would they're probably backed up till right now. Yeah, yeah. No, the it was beautiful from inside, and even driving here was pretty. But yeah, to try to do any sort of sophisticated traveling. So, so once the hard. plane gets off the tarmac on Friday, I will breathe a sigh of relief. And we will miss you while you are gone, but we will yeah. take good care of the church. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hopefully it'll still be standing when you return. You know, I came in this morning. Uh, 
with the ice storm. Every, you know, all the weather that the winter has thrown at us so far, each time I look around the church to see, are we doing okay? Are we doing okay? Yeah. And everything looked fine. Yeah. It's a pretty sturdy building. It better be. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So let's talk about this gospel. We are all the way up to Luke chapter six. We're working our way through Luke. And lots of people know the Beatitudes from the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount Which is in Matthew, Matthew's gospel. Chapter sermon five. On, chapter five. And the Sermon on the Mount is chapter five, six, seven. But the Beatitudes is blessed are the poor in spirit. You know that. Right at the beginning of chapter five. Okay. Luke does it differently. He doesn't have the Sermon on the Mount. He has the Sermon on Level Ground. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. It's it's the exact opposite terrain of what Matthew describes. And But that is totally Luke. Luke is all about equality. Uh, everybody is in this together. For, I'll give you an example. In, in Matthew, Mark, and in Luke, Jesus sends out the 12 apostles. But in Luke, he also sends out the 70 others. Mm. So it's like he thinks the church is not just the hierarchy, but everybody. Yeah. So here again, on level ground, it's like, hey, folks, we're here together. And I love the image of the church as being a big circle. And so it's not a pyramid with the Pope on top and the laity on the bottom. It's a big circle. You might still have the, the Pope, or Jesus is in the middle, and the Pope hopefully is pretty close. Yeah. Uh, and you, you have leaders and so forth, but it's a circle where everybody's part of it. Sure. I just watched, a, I was talking to you about it earlier today. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it yet, but... Uh, a video that hopefully we're going to share in the next couple of days, just talking about uh, really like the the beauty and the universality in the community of the Catholic Church. And what was really neat that struck me in the video was it was just showing these beautiful clips of Catholicism from around the world, especially in countries where my mind wouldn't normally associate a country with Catholicism. You know, you might you might associate it with Buddhism or or the Hindu faith or Islam. Uh, but the fact that the Catholic Church is celebrated in so many languages and so many oh, skin that, colors. And that, that has been one of my favorite things when I travel, to celebrate Mass in different countries. And even if I don't know the language and I'm not a con-celebrant, I'm in the pew. Yeah. But uh, it's just a rich, rich experience. Well, even just going to Guatemala, I remember when I was there... Um, what an incredible experience was there. And we, the, all the children from the school and the yeah. church and their singing and the music. And I took some Spanish in high school, so I, I kind of had an idea what was going on. But si, I, si, senor. Si. But I really had an idea what was going on because of the liturgy. The liturgy itself. And I could follow it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, okay, it's just so, beautiful. So speaking of following, follow me now in reading this. Uh, to the audience out there, before we went online... I told Michael, I'm going to read the first half of the gospel, uh -huh. the, the good part. He's going to read the harsh part. Okay. It just seemed appropriate. It's because I'm so harsh. Jesus came down with the 12 and stood on a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And raising his eyes toward his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who now hunger, or who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude and insult you, 
and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven, for their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. That's harsh. Yes, it is. And did you notice there's, it doesn't get um, quote-unquote spiritualized, so it's not blessed are the, the poor in spirit. Yeah, this it's is much more tangible. Blessed are you who are poor. Yeah. And it's not, Matthew has, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yeah. Here's just, blessed are those who are hungry. Did you see the meme that I posted on Parish Social Media the other day about hunger and thirst for righteousness? It was for all the Pac-Man fans out there. The It said, Jesus, blessed are you that hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then it just had Pac-Man eating, 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 eating. And it, <laughs> the caption said, never enough righteousness. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Pac-Man? Uh, I mean, I played it. I don't. I'm not definitely not the target audience for Pac-Man, but See, I think it's had I, a lasting impression. I, I was too old, and you were too young. Yeah, it was right between the that, two. Of that's us. that's the the generation gap. We both mix, missed Pac-Man. <laughs> we're the the pre and post Pac-Man generations. <laughs> but at least I know what Pac-Man is. There you go. Okay, look at number three. Look at number three on the top and the bottom. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. And number three, in terms of the woes, woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. That is, I mean, that it's it's a bold statement to say that. I'm a person that likes to laugh a lot. I mean, we laugh a lot here. Now, on you're the taking it a little bit too literally, I'm, I believe. I'm doing it on purpose. Oh. I want you to explain why I shouldn't take it literally. Well, I am setting would, you up. You're setting me I'm up. I'm teeing up the well, ball. Let me explain the weeping. Okay. Is it so bad to weep? Is it so good to weep? It depends on what you're weeping for. Mm-hmm. Blessed are those who weep for the world. Blessed are those who weep because innocent children are dying of starvation, mm-hmm. often because of war. Blessed are those... I, I remember one time coming home late at night. I used to go visit my mom when she was living, and I would go home after my Tuesday night whatever my programs were, mm-hmm. often arrive at the house at about 11 o'clock. She'd be watching the 11 o'clock news. And then we'd sit up and talk for a couple of hours, and then I'd stay overnight till the next day, which was really nice. But one time I came home, and Mom was crying. She had the TV news on, and she was crying. I said, Mom, what's wrong? And she said, oh, the, the horrible, vicious things going on in the world. Mm. And I have no idea what, what she was referring to. I don't remember but there was some war going on. Somebody was, there was starvation, there was hunger, maybe some, um, some country, there was probably a, a regime that was treating the people cruelly and maybe gassing their own people, whatever it was. Mm. And mom was crying. I often think of that image as almost the, the perfect Lucan image. In Luke's gospel, you cry because you're conscious of the needs of the others. Mm. You, you are tuned into it so much. In the following week, the, the seventh week in ordinary time, we hear that famous line, 
be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful. Mm. So that grows out of this, this whole idea that somehow Jesus is turning us upside down. The values of this world cannot be the values of the followers of Jesus. Yeah. Now that's easy to say, but if you really think about it, Jesus is as countercultural as they get and more so in Luke's gospel, the way he's presented than any of the other gospels, but he's presented that way in all of the gospels. But here he's basically saying, you have to be poor. He's talking to poor people. You're blessed. Sure. They still believed that if you were poor, it was on account of your own failures or your own sinfulness. Mm. And if you were rich, it meant God was smiling on you. And Jesus said, no, that's not the way it is. You are blessed even in your poverty. But he's basically saying, now, all of us, even if we're not poor, we have to be crying for the fact that there are poor people. Uh, that we're, we're loving people in the same way that God loves them or that... And we, we have to identify with them somehow. They are us. They are our brothers and sisters. And, you know, I don't know what it's like to be that kind of poor. Uh, I have heard people say, and I believe it's true, once you're educated, and I am, once you're educated, you can never be truly poor again. Now, I do know sometimes people on Skid Row are highly educated, maybe because of alcoholism or drugs or something. Mm-hmm. But normally speaking, if you're educated, you've got something going for you that maybe uneducated people don't have. Do you think, too, that it's not just financial, though? Is Jesus talking just about being poor financially, or there are other ways that we can be poor? Of no. course, there's plenty of other ways to be poor, and many people are poor even though they're not financially poor. But in Luke's gospel, he's talking about being economically poor. Okay. He is. It's And um, Bishop Ken Utner, who was the Bishop of Saginaw, he's been gone now maybe about 20 years. Mm-hmm. But after he became Bishop, he, he challenged every parish in his diocese, every committee of every parish. Yeah. When you meet for your next three months of meetings, I want your committee to talk about how does what you are doing impact on the poor and I want some written reports Mm -hmm. so the parishes came back and most of them ended up saying something like well you know people are poor in spirit and and uh you know they're they're bankrupt spiritually and you know they they don't know how to pray and so we're trying to work with that and he said nope that's not what I asked for negative negative try again I want how does what you're doing affect the poor themselves I love what you said a couple of weeks ago uh, in your your um, homily, Not Someday. Did you listen to my homily? I do listen to your homily. I, I gave that one four times, Someday. And I, that's why I remember it. Um, no, it was called Not Someday. Not Someday yeah. was the title. Yeah, but the, the whole thing of what you said, you know, like, you know, someday I'm going to go down to the soup kitchen. Someday I'm going to whatever. You know, we always, we're, you know, today's too busy, but someday I, this is important to me. Um. And that, that's profound because we all tend to push that off. And I feel like I've been doing that in some ways. I've, I've been feeling personally like, you know, it's very easy to sit on literally a cushion, a cushy piano bench and feel like I'm really doing Jesus's work. And I do feel that like our ministry here at the parish is touching people. And I I do believe that God is moving hearts through what we do, but I don't think that I think God wants me to do more than just sit here and play music. And so the other day when we were, um, talking about the McAllen mission trip 
and you know, in the video announcements that you and I write together and I make sure they get produced every week, it was at mass as I was thinking about this. I don't know if it was the same weekend or not. This may have come before your, your someday homily, but, um, it was the fourth mass. It takes four times for me to really get something where I was listening to the announcements and the announcement that we wrote together made me think, huh, maybe I should go on this mission trip and not just wait till someday. Uh, and that's when I started praying about it. And I'm excited that next month I'm going to be joining Sister Anne Mary to go because I feel like this is where I, that Jesus is calling me right now to so, be with. So, so this week I will be gone and you will be uh, leading the music with Visiting Priest. Yes. That week I will be here and somebody, I will be the priest and there'll be visiting musicians. There'll be no visiting priests on, in the music area. No. no the, well, I was going to say, I, I was going to lead the music. We still have visiting <laughs> priests. <laughs> but I guess what I, the point that I'm trying to make is that if we always are waiting for the next opportunity, we don't, one, we don't know how long we have on this earth. And two, we we're always going to be waiting because there's never going to be the perfect time to do it because I could have rationalized, Oh, I shouldn't be missing a weekend at church. Oh, I shouldn't be taking, you know, this time away from my family. Oh, you know, I I was, you know, I teach piano lessons during the week. Oh, I shouldn't, you know, I'm gonna have to move around all my piano lessons. But then I thought, no, I, I really feel that this is what God is calling me to do right now. So we have to discern that and be open to it and be willing. Uh, And it doesn't mean you have to travel to Guatemala or Texas. There are plenty of opportunities right here in Northwest Ohio oh, for of us course there are. to do something. Uh, but don't just it's not just a good thought. It's something that we have to do. So take the, the woe. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Those who laugh now, I would dare say, according to this, are not noticing the plight of the poor, the needy, uh, those who are grieving, those who are suffering. Uh, so it's not laughing like at a good joke or laughing at ourselves. Right. It's like some people are, are just looking at all the, the, the good stuff in their own life and not realizing that there, there is pain on earth. Mm. So no, it doesn't mean we have to walk around feeling, Oh, you know, I can't, I can't be happy today because somebody else doesn't have food. Okay, but let's talk about that for a minute, because where's the balance in that? I mean, practically, well, what as a Christian, as, as a Christ follower, what do you do? I would dare say, first of all, get beyond guilt. Yeah. First time I went into a, a, a developing country and saw all the poverty, you just feel so guilty. Mm. When I lead people to Guatemala, I say, get beyond guilt. Guilt doesn't motivate you. Mm-hmm. It just makes you feel rotten. Mm. You get beyond that, and then you try to say how to become sensitive and then look at your own way of living. Every single trip I've taken, and I've said this before, every single trip I take, when I and I've done this probably, besides Guatemala, I've been to Haiti, I've been to uh, other African countries, I've been in South America, I've, you know, I've seen poverty at many places. Every single time I come back and I go into my kitchen and I open my cupboards, I open the refrigerator, the freezer, and just do an assessment of what am I doing. I have to look at my own lifestyle. And it doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to enjoy some good food, but it it also says, in what way am I in solidarity with these other people? I remember when... I was in Guatemala about eight years ago now, and I watched I watched the women from San Lucas 
carrying their clothes down to the lake to wash them. Oh, I think that's so cool. Oh, it was, it was cool. It was also humbling though. I thought, man, I complain about taking out my clothes and putting them in a machine and putting soap in the machine and letting it wash it. I press a button and it washes my clothes. And it was one of those moments where there I was like, you know, I'll never complain about having to wash clothes again. Guess what? You, you still I complain. I still hate doing laundry. And luckily, my wife is so incredible that she does laundry and I have many other household chores to make up for all the work that she does. Um, but it's very easy to fall back into old habits. So we also have to let those experiences be things that we don't forget. But woe to the person who simply says, I've got a good laundry service and I don't care what other people go through. Yeah. I think that's the, the problem. Yeah. We, we do need to care. It doesn't mean we give up what we have. Mm -hmm. It might mean we try to live a little more simple. We're more cautious what we do. We try not to waste resources. You know, everybody knows that we often overuse our share of worldwide resources. Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful there. But get beyond guilt and just say, I want to be one with my sisters and brothers, regardless of what they're going through. One year, we did have a woman from our group in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. She took her laundry down to the lake. No way. And she, they showed her how to do it. She didn't even speak Spanish, but the women down there showed her how to do the laundry. And so she did all of her own laundry in the lake. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. That is cool. I, uh, how did she, she just left it out in the sun to dry, I assume? Oh, yes. Yeah. It dries pretty fast. No dryers. No dryers. No dryers. See, again, all the, all the, already back to my old ways. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a slow learn. It's taken yeah. eight years and probably another eight for me to perfect it. Even though I'm going to be gone next week, we are going to do another podcast. We'll still be here. We might record it early. We will record it early. <laughs> hey, everybody. We'll see you this weekend for Mass Father Herb's safe trip to you. We will miss you thank, greatly. Thank you. I'll be praying in Spanish. And we will be praying for you. Take care, everybody. Bye.